0: I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Ironically, this is not far from the truth. Do you believe in fate, Neil? No. Why not? Because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. (laughs) And, 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 and. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Conspiracy, Fear, and Mysteries podcast, and I'm your host Ralphie. Ralphie once again from the from the uh, smoking a podcast podcast <laughs> from the cigar Ralphie podcast, also and the cigar Ralphie reaction channel. So, but this is my conspiracy channel, man, and today today we're gonna talk about. Issei Sagawa Issei Sagawa This is a bizarre story man I didn't you know I found out about This guy you know A couple weeks ago Issei Sagawa A.K.A. the celebrity cannibal And it's exactly what you think a cannibal A cannibal somebody who eats Somebody, somebody who eats humans A human a cannibal is Somebody who consumes human Meat Human flesh. Now you know this is conspiracies, fear, and mysteries. So we talk about things like this here. If it bothers you, I wouldn't listen to this right now. But it's not that bad. You'll be okay. Let's talk about Isegi, Isei, Sagawa. Now I went ahead and did a little investigation of him. And you know I love these. 10 list 10 top 10 list so i found a list of interesting facts about him but let me go ahead and let's give you a synopsis let's give each other let's not not give each other but let's uh let's try to let's get a synopsis of um of what what he is What it is real quick. A synopsis before we go into interesting facts about him. Issei Sagawa, born April 26, 1949, also known as Pang, is a Japanese man who, while living in Paris in 1981, killed and cannibalized a Dutch woman named Renee Hardeveld. After his release from two years of pretrial detention upon being found legally insane, he became a minor celebrity in Japan and made a living through public interest basically he he made he monetized the fact that he ate a Dutch woman he ate a woman not Dutch apple pie but a Dutch woman not to make comedy out of this but he ate a woman he uh, he went to I think he, he he was going to school in Paris met a woman a Dutch woman there obviously and he ate her Now, it's crazy how, this is how crazy cannibalism is, is that, you know, we can talk about murderers all day. We could talk about somebody, oh, this guy went in and he shot 10 people in their house, or he shot these three guys, and it's like, oh, my God, right? It's bad, you know, it's bad, and regardless, somebody dies, it's bad, but when you talk about a cannibal, that's scary. That's that's more nerve wracking than anything. Like, you can't think of like a cannibal, as far as you know, some uh, you know a serial killer or just a killer or something. Not only this guy gonna kill you, which is just as bad, but this guy's gonna eat you. Like, holy crap! Like, you know, we see that that's like horrible. You know, it doesn't. I'd rather fight a huge dude who knows how to fight, huge, three hundred pound muscle bound dude who knows how to fight, than deal with a cannibal. You know what I mean? Just Because it's nerve-wracking. This guy's going to consume you. You know, that's how we think. So uh, let's go ahead and read this right here from listverse.com. I love Listverse. I love all that. It's bizarre that so few have heard of Issei Sagawa, whose story is not only fascinating for its strange and unusual twist and turns, but also because, well, it actually happened. Sometimes referred to as the Japanese celebrity cannibal, Sagawa's story is something straight out of fiction. A tale of horror that might as well have been put from extravagant gonzo literature with pop art elements. It's a tale of dreams cut short, murder, violence, death, and one of the most extreme cases of injustice the world has ever seen. totally agree about the injustice because... I mean, two years. this guy should still be in prison. Still, if not got in the chair. What began as a study abroad opportunity for Sagawa ended decades later with his life forever changed, made into a celebrity cannibal who has appeared in movies and TV shows and has written books about his crime. It was one of the great international spectacles of our age and has largely flown under the radar. Sagawa is a man almost designed for shock and spectacle, as we will soon see. Here are ten facts about the Japanese cannibal, Issei Sagawa. I mean, there's a top ten list, but what else is there to know about this guy? He got, you know, he went, he went to Paris, he met a woman, murdered her, and ate her. Or, yeah, he ate her. He basically ate. He cannibalized. He ate this woman. But anyway, there's here's 10 facts about him that I guess cool to know. You know what I mean? I guess it's cool to know these facts about him. I don't know. But anyway, let's go ahead. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know these facts. So for such a big number 10, for such a big presence and massive personality, a guy was actually a very, very short man. By anyone's standard, Issei was born premature on April 26, 1949 and was reportedly small enough to fit in his father's hand. As an adult, he still remained very tiny for the rest of his life, standing less than 152 centimeters. That's five feet. That's a rather small stature for a man with such a big taste. Wow. Uh, number nine, cannibal fantasies. I was determined to eat someone before I was too old. Before my passion died out, Issei would later go on record saying, sounding eerily like an artist discussing his life's work. After a series of strange events, Sagawa would have the freedom to not only talk about his crime, but to wear it proudly and in public. But the seeds of cannibalism began very, very early. According to Issei's, According to Issei, after having a dream as a young child that his brother and he were being boiled in a large cast iron cauldron, he had always fantasized about becoming a cannibal. Fantasizing about his actual cri- his eventual crime is something Issei shared with many serial killers. Though he was not a serial killer himself, he imagined killing and cannibalizing a woman throughout his life. He considered it a task he would one day need to do. Sagawa actually drew inspiration from Sleeping Beauty, viewing it as a tale of a cannibalistic witch, and always dreamed of eating a beautiful woman as a way to show her how much he loved her, which he even confessed to a psychiatrist at one point. I was taught to just bring flowers. Mm. Oh, my God. Okay. Number eight, a modest killer. Wow, this picture... This picture is kind of eerie of him. This picture is eerie. This picture's, like so many other people who end up being demented killers, the Japanese cannibal was quite modest. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to save this image and I'm going to use it as the thumbnail for this podcast because for this particular episode, just because. So, uh, okay, the Japanese cannibal was quite modest unassuming, non-threatening, and generally shy. He was always very withdrawn and his peers, uh, from his peers and a bit of a loner. When they say he showed up for an interview in 1992, he wore sunglasses to cover his eyes and hide himself from the world. It's safe to say there are probably some strange thoughts going on behind those shades. This all lends a bit of credence to the old adage, it's always the quiet ones you've got to watch. And that is true. Intelligent. Sagawa, unlike many sociopaths and contrary to popular belief, is a highly intelligent man. He would later go on to author several books in, in life. Sagawa had, um, has, was always someone who enjoyed learning. As a boy, he excelled in school and was like a sponge for knowledge. Through a series of twists and turns and his bizarre life events that unfolded, Sagawa would become a bit of a literary intellectual in his native Japan. Stalking number six. Then came the day Say would commit his first attempt at his ultimate lifelong fantasy of murdering and cannibalizing a woman he loved. His encounter would be an odd one. Throughout nineteen seventy he he stalked a German woman living in Tokyo and was eventually able to track down where she lived. He Sei would then watch her through her window without her knowledge. Sagawa had always wanted to have a tall blonde Nordic or Germanic woman as dinner one day. It was something that followed him throughout his life, like a calling. After watching her, though, after watching her through her window for a while, Sagawa decided it was time to make his move and actually broke into her apartment. He had dreamed of it since elementary school. And now it was finally a chance as the woman lay asleep before him, uh, vulnerable. But on this occasion, Sagawa awoke her her when when he entered her room and she began to scream. Sagawa fled the scene. She's lucky. She's lucky he left. That yeah. <laughs> number five, through a brilliant student, though a brilliant student and highly intelligent student, Sagawa failed his entrance exam for the very highly ranked Japanese university, though he had attempted to gain acceptance into. Uh, yeah, after his after this, he decided to study abroad. Sagawa chose to study literature and language in, in Paris. This would lay the foundation for what was about to unfold, one of the most shocking stories of the 20th century. Issay wanted, above all, to seek a doctorate in literature at the Sorbonne in France. The murder. Oh, this is, okay. This is a little bit long, not too long. This is how he actually murdered. It was the night of June 11, 1981 in Paris. The time had come for Say Sagawa to finally carry out the fantasy he'd been harboring like a monster in the closet since childhood. It was time for murder and cannibalism. He had fallen in love with a tall Dutch woman by the name of Renee Hardewelt. In recent months, and considering this his goal was a Ph.D. in literature and that he was an avid student of language, she thought nothing of it when he asked her to teach him some German. She would come over to his house and he would pay for her language lessons for a while. Then, suddenly, out of nowhere, Sagawa decided it was time to live the fantasies he had all these years. He had bought a gun and it was time he killed Renee Harteveld. He shot her in the back of the neck, he say claims to have fainted afterward. When he woke up, he raped her corpse. He would then proceed to finally fulfill fulfill what he saw at his destiny by dismembering her body and eating her. He would remove over seven kilograms, that's fifteen pounds, of her flesh and eat her over the next three days. Oh my God. Bois de Boulogne a Paris a park in Paris was no stranger to odd things happening. It was a place where many street walking types, drug dealers, Pimps, prostitutes, and other criminals were frequent. Sagawa was seen by many such people entering the park with two suitcases. The suitcases, of course, contained the remains of Renee Hartleveldt. She had been dismembered and cannibalized. Being as short as he was, his say was easily unmistakable. Knowing he'd been seen, he fled back home and waited for arrest. Trial and Freedom. Sagawa didn't deny. This is number three. I'm sorry. Trial and freedom. Sagawa didn't deny anything, not in the slightest. He openly admitted to killing and eating the 25 year old Dutch girl who had been studying abroad and giving him German lessons in her free time. He confessed I killed her and I ate her flesh in his typically mild, undisturbed manner. Sagawa was arrested and brought up on charges of first-degree murder. Understandably, the police and the prosecutor had a perfect case. The defendant had confessed to murder and cannibalism. But fate would see that would see it to the story of Issei Sagawa didn't end here, and a French judge would rule the man legally insane and unfit to stand trial. Sagao would be deported from France and sent back to Japan, where he would be locked in an asylum. With Japanese authorities figured out what to do with, while Japanese authorities figured out what to do with him, the authorities would try to go ahead and press charges. But a loophole in the Japanese law made it impossible for them to do so. It also didn't help that the French authorities wouldn't turn over any of their relevant documents. All Japan would do. Was sent Sagawa to an asylum where he would eventually be declared mentally competent and released free again to roam the streets of Tokyo. Oh my God, this is, hold on, this picture is even worse. I'm going to save this picture here. I don't know, I'm going to choose which one it is that I want to use as the thumbnail because this picture is really bad. After his release on August 12, 1986, Sagawa returned to a world where he was actually embraced by the public. With a newfound notoriety as a small-time Japanese celebrity, Issei would go on, the, on to author several books, participating in game shows in Japan, and more. He would become a guest speaker at many places and even use his newfound fame to appear in an, in an exploitation film, playing a character not unlike himself in a movie titled Unfaithful Wife. Shameful torture. In this film, Sagawa portrayed a bloodthirsty and sadistic sexual predator, much like himself or Marquis de Sade, as a bizarre treatment. Uh, as, I'm sorry, as a bizarre testament to Japanese culture and our modern zeitgeist. Sagawa would even become a freelance food critic. Are you serious, bro? Are you serious right now? Okay, number one, things haven't changed. There is a there's a picture of him right now holding one of his books. Why is this guy? Yo, there are guys in prison right now for less, I mean way less, for crimes way less crazy than this. Way less crazy. Issei Sagawa would extend an open invitation to his female fans and haters alike. If they want to try to kill him, the famous last words of the German serial killer Peter Curtin. If they want to try to kill him, the famous last words of the German serial killer Peter Curtin. As he approached a guillotine to certain death by executioner, where were tell me after my head has been chopped off. Will I still be able to hear at least for a moment the sound of my own blood gushing from the stump of my neck? That would be a pleasure to end all pleasures. In a statement that similarly echoed these eerie words, Sagawa would go on record, tauntingly saying, I would like to invite any woman who wants to kill me to step forward. Beautiful women only. That would be the ideal way for me to die. Maybe they can shoot me up with morphine so that I don't feel any pain, although I guess the pain is part of the pleasure. Dying instantly is boring, so I want to savor the process of being killed. An alternative would be to drown in female saliva. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be covered all over in woman's spit? If I could die drowning in it, that would be my ultimate dream come true. I'm a cowardly man who killed another person, yet I can't face killing myself. So I guess dying at the hands of a woman would be my way of redemption. Now, this is crazy. Not not just in the sense that obviously this is crazy, but... It's crazy that we're so fascinated by this. We're fascinated. We want to hear this. This is disgusting. But I will do another episode on somebody who does something just as insane. That's, That's what's fascinating to me. The fascination that we have with things we don't want to happen to us. The fascination that the human psyche has with something of this nature nobody wants to get eaten nobody wants to get killed but everybody wants to hear about it we all want to watch horror movies you know it's like is is it is it something that's in us that for some people these one percent here that it flourishes with them it flourishes and 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 it, and it matures and it develops into something else into 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 something that they act on or you know even even with uh even with people who just kill other people like gangsters or whatever you know if you're in, you know you know the cartel guys that they just hey i could just kill someone and that's it they essentially become kind of kills once you shot more than one person you know, um, is this something that just develops? Like, you know what? I'm just going to. And then, I mean, this is to a whole nother level. I mean, you know, those cartel guys, those circles they aren't eating pip. I mean, those, uh, you know, gangsters, they aren't eating people. They're just killing people because they owe the money or whatever the case may be. But not that that's any better. But I'm just saying that when it comes to something like this, you know, you got a cannibal, you know, is this. Do we want to hear this because. This is something that we all have but we just don't let it develop you know we since we get raised we get nurtured this is th- this is nature that we nurture that we unnurture you could say his his um his nature was nurtured at some point unwillingly maybe subconsciously something that he thought he was he grew up with a with a rich family he was maybe he was given every anything maybe at some point it, all it took was one sentence for maybe his mom to say you can have whatever you want or you can eat anything you want you know whenever you want it or you can you know it was something so simple as that you know turn this guy into a cannibal you understand what i'm saying it's crazy to think that but it could be something that simple that's why You always got to watch what you say to the kids. Watch what you say to your kids. You know, how you, you know, because they can take things the the wrong way. It's not just what you say. The environment also, you got to, it's a balancing act. Being a human and raising a human is a balancing act. You have to know how to balance everything. It's not going to be perfect ever, but it's a balancing act. You know what I mean? That's crazy, man. But anyway, that's all we got for this episode today, man. That's all we got. Conspiracies, fear, and mysteries. Don't forget to follow me, man. Go ahead and like And if you're on Anchor, hit that star or whatever it is so you don't miss any episodes. So we come up. So I come up on your your favorites or whatever. If you're on Spotify, do the same. Download, listen to it, you know, while you're alone at home or something. I don't know don't listen to it you're alone at home if you're if you're weary if you're, if you're scared of things don't but like a subscribe as always man follow me on social media and i know that like i say i deleted my i have a whole podcast on why i deleted my stuff on my other channel um it's on my um i'm sorry on my other podcast and on my youtube channel but i have reasons why i did why i deleted instagram but i still have youtube i mean i I have youtube and i still have um twitter so you can follow me on the twitter and you can email me but anchor is a good way to get in touch with me because anchor allows you to actually call in you can actually through the app you can call into my podcast you can leave a message on my podcast Like on the actual, I'll hear the message and then I'll put it on the podcast. Everybody else will hear it. If you don't want me to hear it, just say don't publish and I won't. But if you just want to, you know, have something to say about this or whatever, or another story that you want me to say, to look at another killer or some conspiracy or something or some mystery, you let me know, man. On the tweet, let me know on the tweet. I just opened up my old... My backup Twitter, that's what I'm using for everything now because my old Twitter is just full of political stuff that I'm tired of. And as always, I will see you on the next Smoke.